you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey everybody, it's Monday, September 19th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. And I'm, I'm happy to see your happy, <laughs> shining face this morning because I know you had a hell of a weekend, my friend. I do not recommend two cross-country flights in the matter of three days. My, <laughs> my body is in shambles right now. <laughs> well, the good news is uh, you get to go home kind of – well, I'd say you get to rest up a little bit, but you've got a stardom, sit column to write. But you at least get to enjoy Bill's football this evening. 4, 4 p.m. kickoff in the West Coast. Right. It's a little strange. Feels like a COVID year, but I'm I'm very fired up for that game. Should be an interesting game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a closer game than maybe some people are anticipating. The Titans always play the Bills very like it, like the Bills are beat are built to beat like a normal contender in this day and age, and the Titans are anything but, and they always just 
Derrick Henry kills the Bills every time. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Two Monday night games tonight, actually. They will run sort of uh, around the same time. you got the Titans and the Bills, as uh, Florio mentioned, starting 7.15 Eastern, 4.15 Pacific. And then about an hour after that, it'll be the Vikings and the Eagles. So I'm sure a lot of people will either have two screens or you'll be working your remote control finger back and <laughs> forth between those two games. Uh, but plenty of football on Monday night. We got plenty to talk about. We will go through the top performers for week two, obviously excluding whatever might happen in the Monday night games. We'll have your waiver wire targets, plus some players that maybe you want to put back on the waiver wire. And we'll also talk about some guys that maybe we got it wrong with after we've had a couple weeks worth of sample size to check out. But let's get started with our fantasy headlines. The big one taking place in Santa Clara on Sunday. Unfortunate news. Trey Lance suffers a broken ankle, suffered it on a running play early in that game. Uh, he was injured, broke the ankle, immediately was put in an air cast and on the cart and is out for the remainder of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, helped get the 49ers to a win over the Seahawks. Obviously, just on a human level, you're just gutted for Trey Lance. It was incredibly unfortunate. The, the young guy suffers a broken ankle, is going to miss his entire uh, second season in the league. From a fantasy standpoint, you and I were saying before the show, this is sort of an easy analysis because we've seen what the Niners are with Jimmy Garoppolo. So we sort of know where to pivot now. Yeah, I, I think like Debo Samuel, I think his value takes a, a bump because they're going to allow more short yards, quick short yard passes to him. I think the same with George Kittle. I think if anyone takes a hit, it's Brandon Ayuk. We know that he's more the downfield presence. And that's what Trey Lance brought to this offense that Jimmy G kind of struggles in. But yeah. We have years of tape right. of seeing Jimmy G as a starter and, and feel bad for Trey Lance, who basically now has to reg sit out a third straight season. He sat out the last year of college because of COVID. Then last year was basically a redshirt year. Now this, you you feel really bad for him. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, So hopefully he's able to heal up and get back, be ready for next season because uh, chances are he's going to slide right back into that starting quarterback role. <laughs> I don't imagine Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be there next year, although – we said that at the end of last. Anyway, uh, so we, we, we obviously know what the 49ers are going to be, so you can sort of make uh, your your adjustments based on that. Obviously, if you've got Trey Lance, you're probably picking up Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, right? Yeah, hopefully you went the route of, like, pairing him. At least my approach where everywhere I had Trey Lance was pairing him with, like, a safe quarterback just in case things mm -hmm. didn't work out. Didn't expect to need that safe quarterback this soon in the season. Yeah, but. didn't think you'd be talking about it in week three. Who knew? Uh, Mike Evans suspended for one game. That came down literally just before we started recording this show. Uh, he and Marshawn Lattimore, uh, to put it mildly, they don't really get along all that well. <laughs> and they got into a bit of a kerfuffle on Sunday. So no Mike Evans. Uh, week three against the Green Bay Packers. Now, on Sunday, the Bucks didn't have Julio Jones. Uh, they were without Chris Godwin, who's sort of week-to-week -week dealing with a hamstring injury. I mean, I know Tampa won. They pulled it out against the Saints. But at some point, they can't keep losing wide receivers and expecting them to be good. I mean, at some point, like, I know we still are believing in Tom Brady. But at some point, do we have to start worrying about this offense if they can't keep guys healthy? I, I think so. And that's been the thing that's gone the buck. Like, when they won the Super Bowl, they were the healthiest team in football. And I, this year, it's been anything but. Their O-line has taken a bunch of injuries. The receivers are, are down bad right now. I think next week, I'm not anticipating seeing Chris Godwin back just yet. When he got hurt, they said it would be a few weeks. I, I think they're still thinking long-term with him rather than immediate. 
And, and I get it's a huge game against the Packers for them, but I think with no Evans, Russell Gage, and hopefully Julio Jones is, is active, those two guys I think get a, a big bump in value. And Julio, if he suits up, I'm going to be starting him everywhere I have him. Yeah, if Julio's playing, he's playing for me. I was big on Russell Gage coming into the season. It hasn't quite worked out the first couple of weeks, but again, if no Godwin, if no Evans, I think we see the Russell Gage game finally happen. Uh, last bit of news, Jerry Judy suffered what is being called a rib injury at the time when he went down. It looked like maybe it was going to be a shoulder issue. After the game, Nathaniel Hackett said it's a rib injury, left that game in the first quarter against the Houston Texans. Cortland Sutton is fine. He had a really good game. We know what he's going to be. I would assume next man up is K.J. Hamler in this offense now. Yeah, it, that's what I would assume as well, Hamler. Uh, I, I know he didn't do a whole lot yet this season. Uh, he was inactive yesterday, but... I would expect that he is the next man up. I would think Albert O would get more involvement, but two targets, no catches right. yesterday. Right now with, with this with the Broncos, it feels like Javante Williams you play, Cortland Sutton you play, Russell Wilson, uh, I don't know. And then after that, I think you kind of try to get away from them right now. Right now, yeah. I you know I was on the Albert O hype train, and uh, that thing is getting derailed right now. Eric Saubert is the tight end who caught the touchdown yesterday. Uh, that offense, like, like – I was traveling a lot yesterday, but from what I saw of it, it didn't look great. And then what fantasy Twitter was saying, just it was not kind. I mean, they struggled <laughs> against the Seahawks. They they you know lose that game in week one. They pull it out against the Houston Texans despite not looking great. This is not a great start for Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson in Denver. We'll see how this goes, but it has not been great so far. Uh, so those are the headlines. That gets us now to things we learned, sort of our top-level takeaways from what we saw on Sunday. And for you, uh, I know, like you said, you were traveling, but you did get to see a little bit. What what caught your eye on Sunday? Yeah, I got to watch all the early games. I got to the airport very early. I was just <laughs> sitting there at, like, the charge center with my laptop watching Red Zone. And the, the talk of the, the early games was the Dolphins-Ravens game, particularly the Dolphins. I learned that this offense is very legit. And coming into the year, I had high hopes for them. I was all about drafting Tua Tungavailoa because I was like, you get none of the, you take on none of the risk, but you get all of the top wide receiver production baked into him. But I will admit, I have to take an L on Jalen Waddle because <laughs> I had been thinking like Tyreek Hill is going to be the alpha one. Waddle will have games like he had last week where he had five targets, and then I thought like he'd have some down games, but. This is the most funneled two weeks in, the most funneled passing attack I think I've ever seen. They're both getting targets on over 35% of the routes they ran. I, I think those two guys could be wide receiver ones this year, and Tua Tungavailoa, I think, is going to be a QB1 this year. Not only is it more of a funneled passing game, it's a higher volume passing game than I thought yeah. it would be. I mean, one of the big takeaways for me from this Dolphins offense is that Chase Edmonds really has been nowhere to be found so far, I mean, we're seeing Raheem Mostert get a little bit of, of opportunity, but this has been a very pass-heavy attack from Mike McDaniel is not what I expected. For me, the big thing I learned, we spent a long time this summer arguing whether Amon Ross St. Brown could do it again after the way he finished. The debate's over. It is oh, yeah. over. Amon Ross St. Brown is officially a fantasy stud. He is a wide receiver one, at least through the first couple of weeks. We're talking about a guy with 17 catches, 180 total yards, three total touchdowns, did it again in a huge way against the Washington Commanders. Uh, I know our pal Matt Harmon likes to call him Bud Light Cooper Cup. I was asking if maybe he can get an upgrade to being like <laughs> the banquet beer or something like that because, like, whatever it is, I mean, he is doing everything that the Lions would ask of him and more. You see that on Sunday, 116 yards a pair of touchdowns. So 
anybody who maybe had any doubts about Amon Ross St. Brown, it's over. Like, we yep. know this guy is legitimately a player right now. He's doing it with TJ Hawkinson healthy. I never understood the concern about that. <laughs> with DeAndre Swift healthy. Like, he – I think the question now, he's a must-start guy every week. Mm-hmm. The only question is, like, how high are we willing to put him every week? Like, is he a weekly wide receiver one? I think – I mean, right now, until further notice, I think he is. I, I agree. He gets so much volume there. And don't worry, uh, the people – we both have been talking him up for a while. Mm-hmm. The people who don't like him I saw were like – what happens when Jamison Williams returns? I'm like, <laughs> so he hasn't so even played a snap so yet. We're doing this now, huh? I mean, Jamison Williams, like, if he comes back, well, he will come back, but it's probably not no till November. And he's, he's not just gonna walk in. <laughs> like, one's a field stretcher, one gets open in other ways. Like, I think they're gonna be a dynamic duo for the, the If you're a Lions fan, you have a lot to be excited about. They I really think. do. Through two weeks, I mean, I know that they're they're one and one right now, but uh, they look feisty. They look. Even Cynthia Freeland's coming around on the Lions. That should tell you something about what's going on there in Detroit. Looking at the top performers for week two, Lamar Jackson, 318 passing yards, three touchdowns, a buck 19 on the ground, and a rushing score, 42.6 fantasy points. And to quote ancient philosopher Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. That goes out to the Ravens negotiating that contract. Nick Chubb, your RB1 with three rushing touchdowns, 32.3 points. 42 even out of Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, a buck 90, and two tutties. Mark Andrews with 25.7 points. Graham Gano got you 17 as the top kicker. And the Bucks defense, 26 points, six sacks, three picks, a touchdown, two fumble recoveries for them. Talk about some guys, though, who weren't necessarily on that list but also had big days. Carson Wentz, over 25 points for the second straight week. Admittedly, some of it came in uh, the second half when the commanders were down big. I guess this falls under garbage points still count. Does, is, this, is this how we can live? Are we going to survive like this on Carson Wentz all year long? I, I don't know if we'll survive like this all year long, but I definitely think uh, we have to put some respect on Carson Wentz's name in a fantasy uh, standpoint at least. He's been a – it could change. There's still quarterbacks who could surpass him on Monday night, but top three fantasy scoring quarterback in the first two weeks so far. Uh, he's the second best on the year as a whole right now, and he's got a lot of talent around him. So – I think that's the thing. Like, he can go full Carson Wentz and get bailed out by Terry McLaurin, <laughs> by Curtis Samuel, by uh, Dotson. So, I, I think that – I don't think he's a QB1 or top three quarterback or anything like that, but I certainly think he's a guy that we could stream based on matchups and, and stuff like that in, in the right spot. We're coming into the year. I wanted no part of Carson Wentz. He is – at least he's the early favorite for what I like to call the, uh, the Jameis Winston Award, which is the <laughs> fantasy quarterback who survives and succeeds in spite of himself, and that's sort of him. Like, he looks ugly. He'll throw picks. He'll fumble the ball, but then, like, he brings the team back – at least get some close because he has to throw the ball in the second half, and that's what he's done, uh, certainly what he did on Sunday, and he's had a first two good weeks. Uh, Aaron Jones, who at one point I thought was going to end up on top of this list as the, the top running back, but still a very good week, 132 rushing yards and a touchdown, uh, three catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. I, I guess it just goes to show what happens when you give your best offensive skill position player the ball a whole lot. Yeah, and, and what I liked it from the Packers is even though it was Jones this week having the big game, not Dylan, they both played just under 16, uh, 60% of the snaps. They both had at least 15 carries and three targets. Jones, I think, is the more explosive option. I, I think Dylan... Um, 
We, we've seen a floor game and a ceiling game from each of them, I would say. I, I think Dylan brings a safe floor himself, but Aaron Jones, this is why we were saying like he could be their leading receiver. Uh, this is why we were saying he's still an RB1, even with no Devontae Adams there, just because of how explosive he is both in the ground, on the ground and in the passing game. And I think what we saw last night from the Packers suggests that this might end up being a more run-heavy team than it has been in the past just because Aaron Jones is the guy doing work, and I don't know that we can really rely on those pass catchers just yet. Christian Kirk, you can take a victory lap on this one because you were big (laughs) on Christian Kirk this week. Six for 78 and two touchdowns. Two weeks in a row of Christian Kirk doing good things. He is – maybe he's a wide receiver one. If not, he's certainly a high-end wide receiver two right now. I I think so, and and I tweeted yesterday. I said, oh, what sucks is I can't write about him anymore in the stardom (laughs) sit-em column because he's becoming too obvious of a start. I know we all like to make fun of the contract and everything and say he got overpaid. So far, it doesn't look like he's Mm -hmm. been overpaid. He is the focal point of a very improved passing offense, one that is going to historically throw the ball a a lot. That's what Doug Peterson's offenses always do. I think if you drafted uh, Christian Kirk, you probably took him as like wide receiver three or four. Now I think he's one of your top two wide receivers that you don't even consider sitting right now. Yeah, right now. I mean, he is where Trevor Lawrence is going with the football primarily, and so it, it looks good. Like, again... Right now, we laughed at the contract. Christian Kirk's kind of getting the last laugh through the first two weeks of the season. Amari Cooper, nine catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. We spent all offseason saying we were staying away from Amari Cooper. I'm not willing to change my mind after one big game, but it was nice that he at least had a big game this week. It it was. I I think the first two weeks are Amari Cooper, at least with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback, I think the first two weeks are like a microcosm of what to expect from him. Last week, he gave you less than five fantasy points. This week, nine catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. I don't think there's much room for in-between. Like, I feel like <laughs> either he's going to go off or he's going to have those, those dud performances. And the one thing on Amari Cooper, and I know Browns fans probably feel this as well, you got to try on that onside kick, man. He just stood there and <laughs> let the Jets get the ball. Like, come on, a little bit of effort there. You're going to either get all of the points or none of the yeah. points with Amari <laughs> Cooper. That's what it's going to be. So I'm still not fully on the bandwagon, but for, if you started him, good for you. You, uh, you were able to take advantage of it. Clearly, there were mistakes made over the weekend. Let's get to some of them sent in to us at NFL Fantasy. From Create DV. Dave, I have no idea how to say this, but uh, <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the Twitter handle. Anyway, he said he started Rashad Penny over Curtis Samuel. Here it is, uh, Jay. That's a lot easier than that. Uh, played Rashad <laughs> Penny in my flex instead of Curtis Samuel. I understand the reasoning. Same. I do. Um, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you, Jay, but I understand why you did it. I did the same thing. Okay. I started Penny in the league over Curtis Samuel. It might cost me the week, but... See, so there you go. So the, the process was sound, even if the final result was not what you wanted. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Curtis Samuel is a thing. And we keep saying this, dude, that the commanders have three legit pass catchers. And if Logan Thomas shows up the way he did on Sunday, it's, it's four. Like, this is a really legitimate passing game right now. Yeah, and, and the thing that stood out to me is for a second straight week, it was Curtis Samuel that led... Uh, the the commanders receivers in targets like I I know he's still he also yesterday he he was tied for second most snaps he's played more snaps than he did in week one but just the targets each and every week so far like he's a consistent part of that offense yeah Uh, let's move on to the next one this one from drift cat not playing Rashad Bateman and starting Travis Etienne instead yeah you know that one would have been a coin flip for me um I didn't think Rashad Bateman was going to do exactly what he did. 
so I, I can understand that one. Um, I'm a little worried about Travis Etienne. Right James now. Robinson looks so much better than anticipated. So like, he looks good. like he never tore his Achilles. Right. And it's like, you did that eight months ago. What is going on here? But, yeah, I, I'm not dropping Etienne or anything no. like that, but I think you can sit him for the yeah, time being. Yeah, you just put him on the bench for the time being because he has not been particularly great the first two weeks. Uh, let's go to the next one. This one from John. Mm. Left Jalen Waddle on the bench. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I, I, look, I get it. I didn't think he was going to – nobody thought he was going to have this kind of day against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I guess on the upside is you're probably never going to leave Jalen Waddle on your bench again. No, no. And I, I, I have to quickly check to be like, I didn't say to bench him in, in the stardom sit him because I almost did. But I was like, <laughs> no, his upside is too high. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Hopefully – I mean, I'm curious to see who you would have started in his place uh, but, yeah, that one's going to sting for a little bit. Sorry about that one. Uh, and then this last tweet we got here um, about starting the Bengals' defense. Uh, Amanda saying, thinking the Bengals couldn't be that bad against the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys. You know what, Amanda? I'm with you. I spent all last week telling everybody to stream the Bengals' defense. I'm like, this is, you know, it's Cooper Rush, the Cowboys. They don't have anybody besides, like, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Uh yeah, I was wrong on that one. That's that's my bad. I, I was right there with you. Not only did I have them as a start, I, I streamed them in multiple leagues myself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we got God on that one. We got God on that <laughs> one in a huge way. So, Amanda, you are not alone. And apologies if you took our advice uh, on that one as well. All right, so hopefully that will help some of you all bounce back uh, and make, make your week a little bit better uh, heading into week three. You know, it's nothing like communal pain. It makes you feel <laughs> like you're not really alone and that you weren't the only one that screwed up. Time for another break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll play a little bit of panic or patience over some folks who have let us down the first couple weeks of the season, including a guy that, that Florio here has been huge on for the first uh, couple weeks of the year. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. NFL Plus is the league's new exclusive video streaming subscription service. NFL Plus has your game day covered with live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games right on your phone or tablet. NFL Plus is available in the NFL app and at NFL.com. Subscription plans start at just $4.99 a month. Fans can visit plus.nfl.com and sign up for a free trial of NFL Plus today. Time for some panic or patience uh, we did this last week. We felt like we should do it again this week with guys who have been underwhelming the first couple weeks of the season. And let's start with Kyle Pitts. I was at SoFi Stadium on Sunday to watch the Rams and the Falcons, and I spent a good amount of time just focusing my attention on Kyle Pitts when the Falcons had the football. And I think I said to you during, the, during one of our breaks is that, you know, look, there were t- he's, he's not open every time, which is, you know, that's usual. But the fact that they didn't really force the issue and try to get him the football is a head-scratcher to me. Afterwards, I know Arthur Smith was asked about it, and he said, it's not fantasy football we're trying to win. You're not doing either. <laughs> so, um, but two catches, 19 yards. It's time to get a little bit worried about Kyle Pitts, right? I think it's time to be a little bit worried. I, I'm still saying, though, I, I'm going to be patient with him. I think he's far too talented of a, of a tight end, especially the position he plays. There's just not a lot of tight ends out there right now that you could pick up and use over him. So I would continue to start him. But yeah, Arthur Smith, I, I know this isn't fantasy football. Maybe if you were winning, it's it's understandable. But you used a fourth-round pick two years – a fourth overall pick, I mean, two years ago on this guy. He has a historic rookie year. And then you're like, you know what? Let's not give him the ball. And let's lose with our best player getting three targets. I don't think he had a target in the second half. Like, I'm – I'm pulling my hair out watching that game. Like, throw Kyle Pitts the ball. Don't let him block. You didn't draft him fourth overall to block. <laughs> let this guy play. I say this. The reason we like him in fantasy football is because we figured you were trying to win. <laughs> Getting him the ball is a good chance to try. And look, 
I love Drake London. You know I love Drake London. And Drake London's been great. He was great again on Sunday. This offense should run through two guys, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And the fact that through the first two weeks of the season, Kyle Pitts has been on a milk carton, is it's unfathomable. It is, it's malpractice is what it is. Um, I don't think you, you – like you said, you can't give up on him yet because the talent is too good. And at some point, if the Falcons want to be competitive, they've got to get him involved. But these two weeks have been – just unthinkably bad. He, he's Never would have imagined. 15th amongst tight ends and targets. 15th. Like, Jawan Johnson and Logan <laughs> Thomas have more targets than him. Like, Arthur Smith, what are we doing what here? What are we like, doing? Throw Kyle Pitts the ball, throw please. The ball. Uh, speaking of throwing the football, it has not been a great start to the year for Joe Burrow. 199 passing yards and a touchdown on Sunday. 16 fantasy points. And part of what has surprised me is that I was under the belief that the offensive line was better in Cincinnati this year. He was sacked six times again on Sunday. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl hangover. I don't know if maybe the Falcons just caught light or the uh, the Bengals caught lightning in a bottle last year. But Joe Burrow has been pretty average at best the first two weeks. I think it's a mix of both of those things, a little Super Bowl hangover. I think they also just got very hot at the right time last year. Uh, but it's hard to have to blame the offensive line on a Super Bowl hangover because they have one returning starter from last season. So uh, hopefully they're just taking some time to gel. Uh, I, I would be patient with Joe Burrow. I, I think there's he's far too talented. There's way too much talent. Like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase might be the best one-two combo in football. Then you have Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon. Like there's so much talent around him that I think it just has to get better. But yeah, this is far from what you were expecting when you drafted Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, I've, I've drafted Burrow in a couple of spots, was really thrilled to get him in, say, the sixth or seventh round. So I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but it has not been an exciting start. The Bengals are 0-2, uh, you know, and it's just – it hasn't been great. I mean, they played – I think somebody tweeted, they played Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush, and they are 0-2. <laughs> that really puts it into perspective. <laughs> that, wow. That stings a little <laughs> bit for the Bengals right now. Uh, Russell Wilson – uh, maybe he spent too much time working on his Broncos country let's ride thing because the offense has not been great. He had 13 fantasy points on Sunday, 219 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, threw the ball a little bit better in week one, but they ended up losing that game to the Seahawks. Is this just, is this just you know, a new coach, a new quarterback taking time to get together, or are there bigger issues in Denver? I think if you drafted Russell Wilson, you're hoping that that's what it is, just taking time to gel. But I think you have to be at least somewhat worried. It's not like they've come out and played good teams or anything like that. Like, they played two of the teams that, if you asked us before the year, we're like, yeah, these are two of the three teams we think are going to be picking first in the draft this year. <laughs> like, and they barely are one and one. I thought... You know, against Seattle, it was like, all right, emotions were high on both sides. That You give him a pass after a game like that. But after seeing what he did against Houston and, and just he didn't look very good. And, like, he's taking weird sacks. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I came away from – I have to sit down and rewatch this full game. But from what I've seen of it and, and what I've looked at the numbers, like, I came away pretty worried about Russ. I am – I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, someone when tweeted – so I'll ask, I'll ask you this because I got this question. Ten-team league, what are you doing with Russ? It would depend on who your other quarterback options are, but like 
I don't think he's a must-start option in a 10-team right. league. Like, I think you could have a scenario where you have a better quarterback on your roster. I think, I think that's certainly possible. So, yeah, I don't drop him, but I, I, I don't think you're automatically just plugging him into your starting lineup uh, at this point. Last one, Chase Edmonds, 33 rushing yards, uh, one catch for eight yards, 5.1 points. I mean, obviously on Sunday it was the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle show uh, for the Miami Dolphins. But it's two weeks of Chase Edmonds being mediocre uh, or worse I don't know. I'm I'm panicked now on Chase Edmonds. I think you should be. Like, not only did he not get a lot of work, he was outused by Raheem Mostert, who has a long history of connection to Mike McDaniel's and this system coming. They're both coming over from San Francisco. Uh, Raheem Mostert had double the amount of carries as uh, as Chase Edmonds did this past week. Mostert had the same number of targets. We thought that's really where Chase Edmonds could shine. And then he played more snaps. Like, I, I don't know if you drop Chase Edmonds just yet. It would depend for, for who. But I definitely think you should be targeting Raheem Mostert on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, just, I don't know if there's a lot of great running backs out there. I mean, I don't know if you like, I don't know if pivoting to Jamal Williams makes you any better off at this point. But uh, Edmonds, another one that goes to the bench. And it has not worked out early in the season the way we thought it would. And especially if the Dolphins are going to be a vertical passing game. Um, that really hurts Edmund's opportunities to get targets. So this one is a full-on panic for me after the first two weeks of the season. Let's get some of the top waiver wire targets for the week, courtesy of our pal Matt Okada over at NFL Research. Quarterbacks Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, the running backs Raheem Mostert, Daryl Williams of the Arizona Cardinals, and Jeff Wilson Jr. in San Francisco. Over the wide receivers, Michael Gallup uh, should be back for the Cowboys. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, Garrett Wilson, your wide receiver options. Hayden Hurst, your tight end option off the waiver wire this week. Uh, let's talk about Garrett Wilson because he had a huge day on Sunday for the Jets. They come back to beat the Browns. Eight catches, 102 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Um, you know, I know people were excited about Garrett Wilson, but he was still going relatively late in drafts. You, uh, you you saw this. You said R.I.P. Elijah Moore. <laughs> uh, is it, I mean, is it really over for Elijah Moore? But certainly Garrett Wilson is here for sure. Yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson is here to stay. I, I don't think it's over for Elijah Moore. I think they could be a really dynamic duo. But for the time being right now, like, I think you have to feel better about Garrett Wilson. Two weeks in a row, he's had more targets than more this week. I mean, no one was even close to his 14 targets. And, and the Jets were really talking him up after the game about how comfortable he's been feeling and, and the impact he's been making. Uh, the thing with Elijah Moore is just, the volume, like five targets this past week. He was third in targets last week. We need to see some uh, a boost in volume there with Joe Flacco. And that's kind of what we expected because that's what we got, got last year. But Flacco just chooses a different wideout each year, I guess. I'm wondering, does this stay the same when Zach Wilson comes back? Probably not. That's, that's, that's the only mild concern I have is, you know, does he still get the same target share? Does he get the a number of catchable targets when Zach Wilson is back? But for now, Garrett Wilson, I think, belongs in your lineup. Um, uh, they're playing the Bengals next week. Yeah. You're, you're, depending on what your wide receiver options are, he seems like a viable start. I think so. In a game that could be the Jet, the Jets could be chasing points again. I know they they won yesterday, but they were chasing points the, the entire time. Mm -hmm. And the thing on Zach Wilson is, I cannot wait for him to come back, have a bad game, and then just listen to New York radio after that. Just like bring us, bring back Flacco, bring back <laughs> Flacco. We need Flacco. Uh, Jahan Dotson, second week in a row, we're talking about Jahan Dotson. So hopefully the 
Uh, roster ship numbers go up for him, but four catches, 59 yards, and another touchdown. They've got Philly next week. Jahan Dotson looks like a legitimate flex start right now. He he is very good. I, I would still rank him third amongst their receivers behind Terry and Curtis Samuel. I think what Dotson is right now is he's a little bit of a boot. Like you said, he's a flex option. I think a little bit boom or bust because each week one and week two, he's caught a long touchdown. Besides that, hasn't done a whole lot. But, hey, when we're talking about a flex option, a guy who could catch a 40-yard touchdown is never a bad option. Especially with a quarterback like Carson Wentz, who's not afraid to throw downfield. So, yeah. uh, But if nothing else, even if you're not starting him, Jahan Dotson should be on rosters right now. Same thing for Devin Duvernay. Uh, two catches for 42 yards, but also a 103-yard kickoff return touchdown to start the game, which, look, if you were in a league where you get the individual yardage and, and points for kickoff returns, you were feeling really great. I know he didn't do a ton in the passing game, but I do like the fact that they are actually using him and getting him the football downfield. Again, I don't know if I'm starting him next week against the Patriots, but I do think Devin DuVernay should be on rosters right now. I agree. I, I picked him up in a couple of spots last week. I'm not starting him just yet. I want to see him get more use, consistent usage. But like you said, they're using him downfield. And what I love, second straight week in a row, only Rashad Bateman amongst their wide receivers played more snaps. So those are the guys you're thinking about adding this week. Obviously, if you're adding some people, generally you have to make room. So we got some players you can drop. For you, who is droppable right now? It is a player that if you didn't watch football the first two weeks, like say you were away or whatever, and you're just catch getting caught up to your rosters, you'd be like, wait, did Cole Komet get hurt or something <laughs> like that? Because Cole Komet's next fantasy point will be his first of the 2022 season. Mm. And... Three targets on the year. Uh, I'm sorry, just two targets on the year. It, it's rough for him, but I, I was looking at it, and I was like, in week one, I was like, all right, that was because of the weather. The Bears didn't throw a whole lot. They were they were playing with a lead. They threw even less in a game <laughs> that they were trailing throughout in good conditions. Like, Fields threw 11 times last night. I, I think Cole Komet is droppable. I, I think Darnell Mooney is benchable. The only bear that I would start right now is uh, is Montgomery. David Montgomery. That's it. I, I'm just I don't understand why they're not letting Justin Fields throw the football more. That is a head scratcher, especially as you mentioned in a game where they were trailing. Uh, you might want to plug your ears for this uh, one. This one hurts. Kadarius Tony is droppable. <laughs> Certainly in ten team leagues, even in twelve team leagues, he's he's in consideration to be droppable. Barely played at all in week one. Played a little bit more in week two. Brian Dable, I think, is trolling us, though. Like, David <laughs> Sills was the guy who's getting all the snaps at wide receiver for the Giants. I don't understand it. Um, but whatever, whatever's happening, it's become obvious that Kadarius Toney is not very big in their plans right now offensively. And, look, I know you're confused by it. I think most people are confused by it because at least just to watch him with the eye test, he is their most talented receiver why they're not giving him the football, why they're not incorporating him more into the offense, I don't understand. But the Giants are 2-0, and so it's sort of hard to argue against their logic. Uh, but for now, I mean, like I said, 10 team leagues, Tony is absolutely droppable. I, I do. I, it pains me to say, but I, I do agree with that. I, and like my 12 team leagues and stuff, I, I'm going to hold him because I do think he brings upside. The Giants have played two very ugly games so far. Next week against the Cowboys on Monday night has another the potential one. to be another one. <laughs> Eventually, though, they're going to be trailing, and they're going to have to throw. And I hope it's Kadarius. I mean, Kenny Galladay, two snaps yesterday, and apparently cleaned his locker out after the game. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Has anybody checked his social media? Has he, like, <laughs> has he scrubbed all the Giants mentions from his social media? Because that's what we need to find the, out. The issue for him is no one is going to take on that contract. Nobody's going to take on the contract. I mean, he's just... 
I don't know what the, he's an anchor around that team. He's not even getting his steps in anymore. <laughs> he's not even a Fitbit <laughs> player anymore. So I don't even know what to do uh, with Kenny Galladay. Uh, real quick, uh, you mentioned Brandon Ayuk probably takes a hit now with Jimmy G. We talked about Mooney. Uh, we talked about Elijah Moore. T.J. Hawkinson, are, should we be at least on alert for T.J. Hawkinson right now? I, I think so. I mean, he's a tight end who gets consistent volume, so like that is enough to kind of keep him in, in the low-end tight end one picture. But, yeah, it's a bad look for all of the people who were like, T.J. Hawkinson is their top target here, not Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown, because it's been anything but that. Anything but that. So it's time to sort of evaluate our priors, uh, the things that we thought we knew coming into the season that now that we've seen a couple of games from most teams, we can look back and say, hey, maybe we were a little bit off on some of these things. And I'm thinking specifically of running backs because it's been sort of all over the place with running backs. Let's start with a couple of guys that were near the top of drafts, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. In pretty much every draft, those guys were probably off the board within the first five or six picks. CMC specifically, on Sunday, 102 rushing yards, four catches, 26 receiving yards, 16.8 points. I mean, it's not an awful day, but so far in two weeks, we have not had the huge Christian McCaffrey day, and he hasn't had the snap share. He's not getting, you know, the, the same kind of target share we're, did we overestimate what Christian McCaffrey is going to be in this offense? I don't think so because he's still playing more than any other running back. Uh, he's still like he's the RB5 on the week and the RB9 on the year so far. I know that he could get knocked down lower. I, I just think the thing is we haven't seen that 25, 30 point game yet. I will admit I'm a little bit concerned about his pass game usage because five targets in each of the first two games for a guy that we routinely see, you know, eight, nine, ten targets. And and one thing that I, I that caught my eye yesterday while watching this game, there was a play where CMC was open, like he's waving his hands. Baker sees him, and instead of throwing him the ball where he had room to run as well, Baker runs to the exact point that Christian McCaffrey was standing and then gets tackled. And I'm like, that's a net negative play because not only did you just get what Christian McCaffrey could have got, he would have got more than that, but also it hurts for fantasy. Like, Baker, this is the one thing we want you to do is throw Christian McCaffrey the ball. Please start doing it. I mean, that's sort of been the early talk is that Baker is not great for McCaffrey and yeah. stuff like that sort of points to it. Um you know, look, I know Baker is mobile. He has some mobility, but he's never going to be confused for, like, Kyler Murray, right, or anything like that. Um, I, I just – I've been surprised. First, I was surprised in week one that, you know, an 80% snap share, which is really great, just not what we're used to out of McCaffrey. As you mentioned, he hasn't had the huge target game yet. Um, you know, still waiting on the, a big, like, touchdown scoring game. So I'm not, I'm not ready to say we were wrong on him, but it's not looking the way I wanted it to look after two weeks. Same. Austin Eckler, I am really worried about him at this point. And look, he's still been very good. 18 points. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna look down your nose at that. But watching them on Thursday night against the Chiefs, I saw a lot of Josh Kelly. I saw a lot of Sony Michelle. I know Eckler himself has sort of gone to the coaches and said, hey, I, I think I need less work to get through the season. I thought that was just him trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, apparently the coaches have taken him at his word. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that Austin Eckler is going to suddenly be a bust and fall apart, but I, I'm starting to think that the usage rates aren't going to be what we expected of him coming into the year. Yeah, like 64% of the snaps this week. I, I think that's a fine number for him to play, but it, it's the usage like for Josh Kelly and these other Jags that are behind him. Uh, 
14 carries in each of the first two games. We expect that to be up a little bit. He did salvage his day in week two with all of that second-half volume, and maybe Justin Herbert playing out the rest of the year now on cracked ribs only leads to more Austin Eckler targets. He's not going to want to take any of those bumps. But to me, the most concerning thing was, like, they get near the goal line, and they were bringing in Josh Kelly. And this is a guy who scored 20 touchdowns a year ago. Like, we know he can be used there, but if they're going to elect to save his body and get someone else in there – that is going to really limit his upside. I mean, his goal line usage last year is why we got really excited about him because that had sort of been the knock on him that they weren't going to use him there. And they proved us wrong last year and he was successful. Uh, but if it goes back to him not getting those opportunities, then you are going to feel probably like you overdrafted him if you took him in the top five picks this year. So those are the guys that have been or a couple of guys who've been disappointing on the flip side. We didn't know what to expect out of James Robinson. And you said earlier in the show, it looks like he never tore his Achilles <laughs> tendon. He has far exceeded everything I think everybody would have expected. I know he was super confident about himself, but players are always super confident yeah. about themselves coming into the year. But James Robinson early on looks like maybe the biggest value in all of fantasy football. Yeah, I, I will gladly admit I, I was wrong on him. And, and I don't even think the process was wrong. And I know people don't like when people say that. Like, oh, the process was right, but the result was wrong. But, like, he is one of one right now. Like, even Cam Akers, a year and a half now removed from Achilles in surgery, isn't looking like he did pre-surgery. So for James, uh, James Robinson to really not miss any time and come out and look like his old self is remarkable. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I I'll take the L on ETN and on Robinson, but I just did not expect him to look this good this early. I, I mean, I drafted Robinson because I thought he would have a role. But even then, I was, you know, he's a 10th round pick. He's a guy who's going to sit on my bench. I'm going to wait a couple weeks and see what he does. And, I mean, if you had the guts, you could have been playing him from week one yeah. and getting dividends. I don't know how many people, you know, were brave enough to do that. I certainly wasn't. Uh, like I said, I drafted him. I did not expect this through the first two weeks of he, the season. He's the RB to start there now moving forward. He is. I think he's, he's surpassed Travis, uh, Travis Etienne. He is the guy there. You mentioned Cam Akers. He's the other guy who came back remarkably quickly from Achilles' uh, surgery. And week one, he was pretty much invisible. Just had the three carries for zero yards. Got more work on Sunday against the Falcons. 15 for 44. Had a couple of catches. Eight points. They've closed the gap between he and Daryl Henderson in terms of the snap share there, which I think took us from one guy being usable and one guy not usable to Two guys being unusable right now in Los Angeles. I mean, it's great for Sean McVay to have those two options. But for us in fantasy, this is a backfield that, at least right now, I'm staying away from. And Cam Akers certainly is not rewarding people who spent a third-round pick on him. No. He, if you thought Cam Akers was a third-round pick, you, you're very wrong on him so far. I don't think we really did. Mm -mm. Um, so, so, so far, I would say we're right we're, on Cam so Akers. So, okay, we're okay. Oh. <laughs> But, yeah, like you said, 56% of the snaps went to Henderson, 43 to Akers. Uh, Akers had more carries uh, with the 15 carries there, three targets. But, like, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think they're both purely just, like, flex options right now, and I don't feel great about either one. Mm -mm. I don't feel great about either one. I will say this. Watching them in person, Henderson looked better than Akers, even though Akers got more touches in that ball game. I I, I just generally have some questions about the Rams, too, because they, they were sloppy at times with the ball, but that, I guess, is a bigger conversation. But uh, Cam Akers not returning you that third-round value if you spent it on him. Um, he's sort of looking like the start of the RB dead zone. Maybe at the back end of the RB dead zone, we've got Rashad Penny, 
Six carries, 15 yards. That was it. The Seahawks offense came crashing back down to earth against the 49ers after playing really well against the Broncos in week one. I'm not willing to say we got this wrong. I'm just willing to say this is sort of the ups and downs of the Seattle offense in that it was a bad day, but I think there will be better days for Penny. I, I did come away. From, I was very bullish on Rashad Penny this offseason, and I came away from yesterday's game. At, at the very least, I think you have to be concerned. Uh, Travis Homer played more snaps than, than either Penny or Walker. Uh, they all, like, com- like, Penny led this backfield with six carries, and then Homer was getting more targets as well. Walker even had three targets. I thought maybe we could see some of Rashad Penny in the passing game and then all of the groundwork going his way. That just hasn't been the case. And that was a game that I thought they were going to try to run the ball a whole bunch in. So I think you the, the concern is always if Seattle falls behind, and, and let's be honest, they're, they're going to fall be, behind. Yeah, <laughs> like can Rashad Penny just be completely taken out of the game plan? And, and I think you have to be concerned about that. My other question is, I guess the letter was just delayed. Like, uh, like Gino eventually wrote back, right? <laughs> right. He should be writing back now because <laughs> people are going to start writing him off again after what happened on Sunday. By the way, uh, this is my, my little bit of pro tip to Seattle. Don't let DJ Dallas throw passes anymore because that, <laughs> that went badly. So I would, I would advise against that. Uh, just a reminder, though, we basically have a podcast for you five days a week. Of course, you got us on the NFL Fantasy Football Show on Mondays and Wednesdays. You've got the Fantasy Q&A Show on Tuesdays and Fridays. You can uh, see Kimmy Checks and Adam Rank on Tuesdays. You can see me and Florio there on Fridays. And there's the Stardom Sit'em Show on Thursdays with you and Kimmy Checks time. and Money Guns, right? Money Guns. You, you, we were waiting for you to just randomly pop in Yeah, I should have done that. I, I missed out. But it, it was a good time, though. Like, uh, me and Kimmy were just shooting off money guns in here. We, we were talking a lot of football. It's, it's always fun when we get to, to do that. Always be sure to check that out. But they all appear in your podcast feed. So if you are subscribed to this show, which we hope you are, uh, you will also get all those other shows as bonus content all throughout the week. You can find it uh, in the NFL Fantasy app, on the NFL channel, or, of course, in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for checking out the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, lazy is such an ugly word. Call it selective participation. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.